Uh, we're in the thick of it, the most boring time of year if you're a basketball fan. But the great news is I'm able to bring on some great guests to talk about content they produce. Janelle Moore of the San Jose Mercury News and then some is going to join me. She wrote this great piece some months ago talking about the, the Warriors uh, development system, more specifically Santa Cruz, the, the coaching staff there. Uh, the development staff there, which has been a huge reason for the team's success. So we're going to talk about Santa Cruz. We're going to talk about the Warriors with Janelle Moore. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. In addition to our YouTube show, you can follow Janelle Moore on Twitter at Janelle12. That's Janelle with two N's, not one, as we were just talking about a moment ago. Janelle, how are you doing? Great to see you. Where are you in the, in the world right now? I'm doing fine. I'm still here in North Carolina trying to enjoy my summer and, you know, get ready for the season and what lies ahead for my part of the beat. Absolutely. And your beat is the Golden State Warriors and the NBA. You write for the San Jose Mercury News, among many publications. Uh, let, let's talk about you for a second, just because we've got some time. We're in the offseason. Uh, how did you, how does someone from North Carolina become someone who covers the Golden State Warriors? Is there an interesting story there? Uh, yeah, it is an interesting story there. Well, my whole journey is pretty interesting and bizarre. I'd love uh, to hear it. I, I'm, I'm a grad of North Carolina A&T, and, you know, even when I was in college, I was a sports editor for the A&T Register. And throughout my major, I, I wanted to be a general assignment reporter, and I wanted to keep sports as my hobby and not make it my job because I love watching sports, love playing sports. I used to play basketball, actually. Wow. And um, after graduation, you know, I couldn't find a general assignment reporter job, no outlet, not even the outlets close to me will give me the time of day. But I saw, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I saw a, a ad kind of on Twitter for Golden State of Mind. And I, I thought about that thing. I'm like, oh, you ain't got nothing else to do. You like sports. You've been watching the Warriors for about a couple of years. Why not? But, yeah. you know, again, I, I wanted to keep sports as something that I enjoy instead of making it work. And it was my mom that really convinced me to go ahead and do it because she, she knew that I was a sports fan. And I'm like, all right. And I applied for, I think, an editor role for Golden State of Mind. I didn't get it. They wanted to keep me on. And I wasn't paid for about a couple of months. And then I worked my way up to getting paid. And I kept writing and writing, and that opportunity flipped into something else. A couple of um, bleach report situations um, and other outlets. And then I just kept working and working and talking trash to get <laughs> where I am with the San Jose Mercury. And I still I have it. to talk trash. And I still got to <laughs> continue to work hard and grind. 
When you say talking trash, what do you mean? You mean just like kind of fighting for yourself and, and, and like, letting people yeah, know who yeah, you are? Exactly. And... exactly. Being an advocate for myself and knowing that I'm just as good as they are, if not better. And keeping that same energy. Because other than that, I could have given up. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't. And, and, and you know, what's funny is, well, it's not funny, but, you know, it's it's fascinating. I read your content. You are a fantastic journalist. I, I, I really respect your your writing skills and, and what you produce for the San Jose Mercury News. I always have a bone to pick uh, with the golden state of mind just because back in like, I think it was like 2017, and I had to suddenly quit all my work to race home because my my then partner's uh, my father-in-law uh, was suddenly diagnosed with ALS and and he was dying and I had to just leave everything and come back to the Bay Area and I had no employment for a little bit and I was just you know like you just scrapping and 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 grabbing what I could find and Golden State of Mind just rejected me despite the fact that I've been an award-winning journalist they never even gave me a reason why they were just like sorry we don't see you as a good fit and I was like you know what f you then <laughs> I was like I'm not gonna forget that man so uh, I always had a little bone to pick with them but. I'm happy they made, they at least gave you a chance. That is really cool. And yeah, and I'm appreciative of it because, you know, a lot of people like to look down on SB Nation or, you know, the blogs, but it was those blog boys that gave me a shot. Yeah. When no one else would. I'm happy and, they did. And why I, I'm not writing for them now is because of there was like this AB5 law that California was passing. And, you know, I kind of got, or was a casualty of that, but that was okay. That that helped me seek out more. Yeah. Good for you. How, how did you? Where's the interest in the Warriors come from? I mean, you know, SB Nation has a blog for every team. Why, why the Warriors of all teams? Well, cause I was, I was watching them anyway. <laughs> I was watching them um, when Mark was the coach. And, right. And just seeing how he developed the team and you know just the process of progression that really gravitated me towards that there you go well welcome aboard to dub nation the, the best team to cover in the nba in my humble opinion um it's so you know and you're writing now you write for a lot of different publications but the san jose mercury news in my opinion is probably at the top of the list just for probably audience size prestige and you're and again your your title with them, i believe is analyst uh, but you're producing tremendous content for him. One of the stories you wrote, um, and we're going to touch on that in just a moment again, is about the whole the, the development system. The Warriors have invested a lot of money and time and resources um, into the development of young players. And this includes like players that are drafted not in the lottery, second round picks, undrafted picks. And Santa Cruz has been such a fascinating incubator for this talent. Um, I'll get into that in a second. But first off, the last time we spoke, I think it was after game five of the NBA finals. I believe that's that's when it was. And the Warriors were, were it was right after the game. You and I were both uh, in, a, in a very uh, a joyful uh, <laughs> mood. Because, again, they were just that a game. That was me, you, and Rick. And, oh, that's right. So, so you were there. So was that when they actually won the championship? Or was that after game five? I can't remember. I think they actually won. Yeah, I th you might I be right. My, my memory is so jumbled from those days, but you're right. Yeah, you joined Hall of Famer Rick Barry and I, and that was just an awesome show. And again, it, it, that's all that stuff's archived and available. Um, since the offseason started, what are your thoughts? Are you happy with what the Warriors have done? Um, do you have any grievances? Uh, what are your thoughts on the Warriors offseason so far? 
Hey, they're doing the best they can, they can with what they have. And what I mean by that, the reality is, is that, you know, they're, they're strapped for cash as far as, um, you know, the salary cap and trying to maneuver that. And some of the casualties hurt, you know, letting GP2 go hurt. But I realized why they had to do it because mm -hmm. had they matched Portland or, you know, exceeded it, exceeded them, it, it wouldn't have showed up well in, in the books. And, and I get that. But on the other hand, I'm glad that they've brought in a different Chinzo. Mm -hmm. He might not be silent defensively as GP2 was, but it, he gives the Warriors a punch on the offensive end. Agreed. And, you Agreed. know, let folks like Damian Lee go, you know, he, he gets a lot of, of flack, but he he did what he needed to do on that team. You know, I, I get why he's a casualty. And this is all, this is all for the younger guys to step up. Now it's time for them to step up and just to see what, what we really have. Absolutely. And, and when we come back, that's where I really want to touch on is because a lot of these younger players, they're learning and they're growing in Santa Cruz for the Santa Cruz Warriors. Uh, first, I would give some love to Built Bars, a longtime sponsor of this program. These are tasty protein bars that, for the most part, are good for you because they're not heavy on calories on average. I think they have like 170 calories, whereas your typical candy bar has up to 280 calories on average. Your typical candy bar has anywhere from 20 to 32 grams of sugar whereas your average Built Bar has just four grams of sugar, yet they come with an average of 17 grams of protein. And if you get the late night munchies, this is a great way just to curb that because the protein makes you feel full. And the protein is collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently, and it also provides a ton of health benefits. And if you go to the website, Built.com, you can see all the flavors they offer. You can also order uh, like a mixed bag, basically a box that has all the flavors, decide what you'd like, go from there. I'm all about the granola, but regardless, all you got to do is go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, the promo code is LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. <laughs> daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. You can follow San Jose Mercury News, Golden State Warriors analyst Janelle Moore on Twitter at Janelle12. That's Janelle with two N's. And you can follow me, Cyrus Otzes, on Twitter at DogSurfRoadShow. That you're you're absolutely right with the with the loss of Damian Lee, Juan, Juan Toscano Anderson's gone. Every veteran, pretty much, on the bench uh, who's under the age of 25 was basically shown the door. And a large reason for that was because it's time for the youngsters to arrive. Um, you wrote this a uh, fantastic feature on the Santa Cruz version of it. Tell the audience what you learned. Like, I, I imagine you spent a lot of time working on this story. What stuck out to you about Santa Cruz? Like, what makes that such a fantastic incubator to develop players? Their cohesiveness, the fact that 
the place that they run is similar to the place that they run in Golden State and how, you know, a player might be on the Warriors and might not get it. They go down to Santa Cruz and playing like a few games and then they come back and they get it. Absolutely. I've, I've heard, you know, I've heard a lot of people say this, and I don't know if you learned this in your research as well, that not every G League team does this, but the coaching staff in Santa Cruz runs the same offensive and defensive system as Steve Kerr does with Golden State. Is that correct? Yes. And and how do you think that helps? I mean, it might seem obvious, but is there anything like any nuances, anything you picked up uh, in your research that that kind of maybe expands on that a little bit? Like, like, does Kerr talk to them a lot? Is there, I mean, how do they integrate similar systems offensively and defensively? Do you know? From what I, what, from what I've learned writing this story, uh, the parent team is always involved. They make time for Santa Cruz. It can be Kerr. It can be uh, the Lakeups, especially the Lakeups. That, and that's who I've talked to the most. Um, I've talked to both Kent and Kerr. Wow, okay. And the story of how they bought the franchise, and it was just remarkable. Yeah. And one thing I've learned is that the Suns um, know basketball. I think one of them played for Stanford. He might have been on the walk-on, or maybe he didn't make the final team. But just to get that close for, for a program like Stanford shows you can play. And if you can play, you know the game. Um, is that what you learned as well? Like, do, do Lakeup's kids understand this game? Is that the impression you got? I understood in my research with them. I, I didn't know that they played, to be honest. But just okay, how how passionate? I mean, just how involved that they are, and just just really looking to make the Warriors better. And this this was an idea that came up, and I believe it was. Uh, Kirk's idea. Uh-huh. I'm not mistaken. And and just the whole process. And what really stood out was like the Warriors were not the first to, to be a you know NBA owned and operated, you know, G League situation. It, it was the Lakers at first, then the Spurs, then the Oklahoma City Blue, which was originally one of the NBDL teams. Okay. Ironically, the Oklahoma City Blue was the Asheville Altitude. But what stood out uh, from, you know, the Santa Cruz and Golden State was the fact that the identity, you know, being the Warriors, you know, the C-dubs, and just integrating what makes Golden State great and funneling that into Santa Cruz, the culture, you know, the fact that the parent organization and even down to the players will mm -hmm. come to see them play and, and to just to have that bond. And I interviewed Damian Lee for my story. And that's what really stuck out to him because he spent, um, he spent some time with Boston's uh, genie system. You know, they, they were the uh, main, main um, clause or something like that. When yeah. He yeah. Was there. And what but, stuck out to what stuck out hmm? to him? What stuck out to Damian Lee in terms of the differences? What as far as uh strategically or you know, 
how they run the systems or anything else. What Damien mentioned to me was just the culture. You know, that's what stuck out to him. He didn't go into specifics about, you know, um, how Boston coach or anything like that. He, he gave his respects as it being a good organization in terms of that. But what really, what really got to him was um, the fact that how, how tight the, um, the Warriors and the Genie affiliate is. Absolutely. Juan Toscano um, Anderson got into more or less um, what what he learned, and when he went down to to Santa Cruz, um, it was just him understanding his role more into the ecosystem of the Golden State Warriors. And when he came back, he he got it. Yeah. And the story the story um, was originally about you know Jordan Poole's ascension and how Santa Cruz was really the catalyst of it. But my editor, Bert, Bud Garcy, thought it would be better to talk about it as a collective. Yeah. I, I, your story came out so good. And if you just search, again, I, I think the link is on your Twitter account. You can follow Janelle at, on Twitter at Janelle12 with an extra N in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, when you look at all the success stories from Santa Cruz, I think it's safe to say um, that Jordan Poole is probably the biggest one, right? Uh, in your opinion, like what what went into his time there that led to him coming back and becoming a player that could has the potential to be an all-star. I mean, he's a world champion. Uh, he might get a back steal a year from now. Um, what, what do you think he took from that experience? Was it the coaching? You mentioned culture. Was it all the above? Please expand. I believe if, if it was the coach. I believe it was the coaching. Uh, I think he said like on point forward, Andre's podcast that, you know, he, he wasn't really feeling going down to the jingig and he thought he, had, he didn't need it, but he, he was humble enough to realize that, you know, this is an opportunity to get better, so I'm going to take it. And what he took from that, I believe, was um, de decision-making. Uh, I think it was Chris Weems that had him, like, making d decisions in 0.5 seconds or less. Okay. Instead of, you know, just dribbling the air out the ball and, and this, that, and the third. And that's what really made him get it. Oh, he got it. He got it all right. He, I mean, he got it, and he's going to keep getting it because he has the work ethic to, to um, improve. Absolutely, improves. You nailed it right there. The work ethic for Jordan Poole to me is always what impresses me the most. He, you cannot accuse him of not putting in maximum effort. I mean, it, and it's it's admirable. You've heard Steph and Clay uh, commend him for it. Um, and this last season, you know, we saw Moses Moody go back and forth. We saw Kaminga go back and forth. Um, James Wiseman, I think, is the player that is going to be the biggest mystery in terms of what to expect. I don't think anyone has any mm -hmm. idea. Um, in your opinion, like, did, did you learn anything about Wiseman? Uh, and you personally, in your opinion, what kind of, what what do you expect from Wiseman this year? I did ask about I did, I did ask. Uh, Santa Cruz's coach, uh, Seth Cooper, about Wiseman. And during the time I was doing the story, uh, Wiseman was working out a little bit. He had some scrimmages. And they, and Cooper said that, you know, he, he looked fine. Mm. And as far as my expectations for Wiseman, I'm looking at him to have a, a, a simplified, stripped-down role so he, so he could really get it. You know, this is a, a guy that hasn't played regular – regularly since 
2019. Mm -hmm. And that is no fault of his own. I mean, NCAA and, and their crap. That's a whole nother show. All right, together. right. <laughs> that, COVID, um, uh, meniscus tears. I mean, he, he's had it hard. And not to mention, we don't know. Um, developing bigs are hard. And it's harder more than ever now because the game is so fluid. We, we don't really know what the modern big looks like, the ideal mm -hmm. modern big. You can say it's Jokic, you can say it's Joel, but is it definite? And Wiseman would have to probably try to figure that out too. Absolutely. I, I, I love the fact that Wiseman can shoot. He's going to space the floor when he's out there. He's a big boy. I do, do, like like did, did did his size? I have not been super up close with him yet. Did his size impress you? I mean, he looks huge on TV. In person, is it similar? From what I've seen of him in January, I, I didn't see him much. I've just seen him on a bike, and yes, gotcha. he's, he's every he's every bit his size. <laughs> every he's, every, he's every bit. And the Warriors didn't have that last year. It's crazy, you know, and, and their, their first round pick this year was a head scratcher. Patrick Baldwin Jr. We're quickly calling him PB and J. Great nickname. Uh, he's probably going to see a lot of time with Santa Cruz this year. Your thoughts on uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr.? I mean, I don't have a, a real a conclusive thought about him as of now, but I'm, I'm willing to bet that Santa Cruz will get him right and to try to get him to, to um, acclimate him, acclimate into the system. Cause it's funny. Like when you, when you get out of college and you drafted and whatnot, you know, you could be one way in college and have to adapt and adjust to survive in the NBA. So I'm looking to see what that looks like for him. When, I, when the Warriors made that pick, did that surprise you? Like, who did you expect uh, with the 28th pick? It didn't surprise me at all. And with picks like in the, you know, 28th, you know, 29th or whatever the case may be, you know, you really don't – I really don't think much of them. I mean, yes, that sounds shallow, but, you know, there's, there's some times where you luck out. It's, you just have to just watch them. Mm-hmm. And then make His, your um, judgments from there. That's fair. But when, yeah. when, when they were, Sorry, go ahead. But, um, you know, you can't really judge off of a, a pick like that. Did it, did, you know, his shooting form looks incredible. I, 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 I understand it was clearly like a high risk, high reward type of pick mm -hmm. where it was a gamble. It was clearly a gamble. I don't think we're going to see a lot of heavy minutes for him uh, playing for Golden State. I could see him playing a lot of minutes for Santa Cruz. Um, and we'll see, right? 6'9", 6'10", if he can really shoot as good as they're hoping for, that, that could be a steal. Uh, but right now it's a project. A player that the Warriors I don't think see as a project, though, that they picked up in the second round. Uh, we talked about him a little bit on the last show, Ryan Rollins. Um, you know, they, they, they've spent $2 million to move up seven places in the second round to draft him. Uh, every indication seems to be like they, they view him as an NBA ready player. 
Uh, do you have any thoughts on Ryan Rollins uh, entering the season? And do you think he's going to be a player that spends time in Santa Cruz? Or do you think they view him as a NBA-ready uh, player playing in San Francisco? I expect him to also be part of Santa Cruz because the the Warriors system, especially offensively, is it's, it's hard yeah. to learn. I mean, you, you got you got to know what screens to deploy, when to screen, a lot of cutting. You have to really pay attention to where Steph moves. I mean, you know, it, it's a lot. So mm-hmm. I don't really expect him to get it right away. And being in Santa Cruz will probably be the best bet. Absolutely right, man. And Santa Cruz could have some interesting talent. Mac McClung could end up playing there. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the, the, the kid from Purdue, I forgot his name. He actually he looked good from the brief clips I saw. Uh, he might be playing there as a backup center. And then is it who on the Santa Cruz roster from last year? Uh, I forgot the name. I always forget his name because it's not easy. Uh, the, the, they're one big um, that plays center. He was injured for part of the year. But overall, like when you look at the Santa Cruz Warriors roster, is there anyone on that team that sticks out to you that you think has potential to someday be a major contributor for Golden State? You mean other than the two ways? Correct. That big that you mentioned, I can't even think of his name right now. It's like Salam or Salima. Sal- 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 you know, I can find it real quick, but uh, yeah, because you know, the Warriors, because- he, he will probably be in the NBA some some kind of way. You know, some right. other team might pick him up. Is there anyone else like up. Jacob Evans, the third, for example, for all, another former uh, number twenty-eight pick, mm-hmm. uh, was on the is, is on the roster. Um, it's Salam Mawugbe, uh, Salam Mawugbe uh, is the big I was referring to. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, like, is, is, was there anybody that when you were there and you when you were doing this or when you were just doing the research for this story that you thought, wow, this is like kind of a, a sleeper on this roster who might someday do something big, or, or no, did no one else impress you beside uh, the, the future players? I feel like just about anyone on that roster would have the potential to emerge and, and go to another team. I mean, we've seen we've seen that situation like with, with Seth Curry, for example. Right. And, and for um, none, I mean – <laughs> so many people that come come out of nowhere that Absolutely. have a, some Dubs fans saying, "Dang, I wish you could have kept them." <laughs> but but the, but the thing but the thing is, um, you know, other than the two ways, these guys are basically free agents and they can sign yep. anywhere. True, you're absolutely right. Uh, shifting gears for a second, looking at the general NBA landscape, uh, this Kevin Durant trade request really just turned the NBA world upside down. It's held up a lot of transactions. It's uh, made a lot of us bored in the process because nothing's going on. Um, what is your opinion? If you if you don't know anything uh, that you could provide, at a minimum, you're in a, you're you know you're a professional observer of the game. What are your thoughts on the Kevin Durant situation? Like, do you have any inkling or any thoughts on where he could go? Are you annoyed by the fact that he made a trade request? Your thoughts on that this whole scenario? I'm not annoyed that he made his trade request because p- uh, players have the right to do whatever they want to do and to, um, you know, direct their path. I, you know, I'm not belly aching or whining about that. I didn't belly aching whine when KD decided to leave because that was his choice. Mm-hmm. Um, people are kind of mad at the way he left, but, you know, that I, I'm not going to talk about that because um, 
you know. Yeah, of course. Every, that's been rehashed enough, and you know. But right now, in this, uh, in the present, um, the Nets are in a, are in a bind. Mm-hmm. They can't freely tank because if they do, Houston will benefit. This is why the Nets want to haul for KD and Kyrie, and you can't really blame them. Yep. Because they cannot tank. Because that <laughs> that, that benefits Houston. So yep. they, they have to compete. And keeping KD and Kyrie will help with that, not to mention uh, what they added around them. Yeah. And, and to be quite honest with you, it, it's fast. It's fascinating to – to see that not a lot of uh, teams are willing to sacrifice their depth for a guy like KD, as incredible as he is. But you're right. You know, I mean, it's. I think it's just the age. I think that's the one thing. He's he's going to be 34 next year, and and on top of that, I mean, he's 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 a player who is not easily happy. I think I think that is a concern for teams as well. Is who knows how he's going to feel a year from now, right? And, and that uncertainty, I think, is also making is is creating pause for a lot of teams and and um and sean marks you're right is asking for a lot for the man uh the last but, 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 wrote, but age but, a lot of these players are proven that age ain't nothing but a number true steph is, steph is uh 34 also and look what true he did. yeah and also uh kd when he was available i i know he played like 42 percent of his games this season you know he he was solid and this was him uh, coming off of his own injury. So it, it is not that. And as far as um, being happy, you know, this is a, another reminder that it's not always about X's and O's. It's Jimmy's and Joe's, and you can't really um, take, you know, you really have to take an account for that. I like that. You know, but then again, yeah. you know, KD, you know, everything – seemed to be cool until Marks, you know, started, you know, messing with Kyrie's uh, situation. And that's what made KD flex his power. Like, all right, I'm going to request a trade now. You know, Kyrie's my guy, but I'm I'm sticking behind, I'm sticking with him. And I think that's what caused it. Because otherwise, I I agree with you. I I totally, there was no inclination that he was unhappy. You're absolutely right. I, KD, if there's one thing about him, he keeps it close to the vest when it comes to his reasons for wanting to lead teams. He's that's been my only issue with KD, and it's just my opinion, but it, you know, it's also my right to express it that I wish he would have explained to the Bay Area why he left the Warriors. He never really gave a clear cut answer for that. People have had to kind of piece it together. Uh, and, and again, he's not giving a reason now why he made the trade request, but I do think you're right. I think a huge part of it is the fact that. He came into this situation with Kyrie Irving, expecting to be heavily involved in personnel decisions, expecting yeah. to be given guaranteed deals long term. And the moment they changed their mind with Kyrie and coupled with the fact that I, I still think Ben Simmons might play part in that as well. I, I don't know if I, I really do think like he's, he, he took a look at Ben Simmons. He saw the experience of personality and what he brings to the team and thought, I don't I don't know if this is going to work. Um, I, I could be wrong. I, we all could be wrong. We all could be right. Who knows? But uh, I, I, I don't know. A lot of Warriors fans were like pissed at me and anyone else who thought it might not be the worst idea for the Warriors to trade for him. I still think if the if the Warriors 
If the Nets agree to a package where it's primarily just Wiggins and Poole, while I would hate to lose those players, if it's just those two for Durant, I don't see how you could say no to that. I mean, I think that would be a phenomenal deal, but I don't know. Are you on the same page with me, or would you disagree with it with that trade? If it was just Wiggins and Poole and nothing more for Kevin Durant, and maybe like a first-round pick as well. Let's throw that in there, sure. Would I, would, you be, would, would... I, would, I would say Wiggins. Wiggins and picks. The thing with the Nets is it's all about picks. I got I got my dogs here. Um, it's all good. I'm a dog person. It's all good. All I have, good. I have I have a I have a Shih Tzu, Drusilla, and a tabby cat named Kobe, and she <laughs> she is she is wild. But anyway, um, <laughs> I love dogs. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Go ahead. Sorry. In anyway, um. What, what was I about to say? Um, oh, about Durant and just uh, the trade, yeah, Wiggins. Yeah. See, Brooklyn's thing is that they want picks to rebuild because they gave away all of their picks to Houston when they traded for Harden. Yep. That's why they're in the bond. That's why they can't freely tank. If they could freely tank, I think they would um, let go of K- KD or Kyrie. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, the most recent piece you wrote, we're finishing up here with Janelle Moore, an analyst for the San Jose Mercury News. Among many publications, you can follow her on Twitter at Janelle12 with an extra N in there uh, for Janelle. Um, the most recent piece you wrote for the San Jose Mercury News was uh, the dishonest criticism of Stephen Curry's playoff resume, how his his finals MVP award shut up a lot of doubters. I'm totally with you. It was so disingenuous to criticize him in the first place and it's a shame that it t- that he apparently needed to win a finals mvp to shut up a lot of critics um but he did what do you uh, anything you're working on next what what can people uh, expect for your next story for the san jose mercury news or for anything Hopefully, else for that well before before media day and all that rolls around i think i'll be doing a, some football pieces for carolina blitz um okay but as, but as far as the san jose mercury goes i i, I want to to really focus on Wiseman, mm. that his his story have been vexing me all summer, because you know again, what does the modern big look like? And he could be a case study for that. Absolutely right. A perfect Absolutely case study right. because he hasn't really been playing all that much. I, I expect I great things. For that thing too. <laughs> Looks like you, you had to fight for everything, so no surprise there, right? But at least you're prepared. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're battle tested. Uh, I love it. And no, that's it. I'm looking forward to that. Janelle, you are a fantastic writer. Keep up the great work. I hope to meet you in person someday. I'm going to go to that media day. I haven't been to one of those in a long time, but I'm going to go this year. I'm going to hit up Raymond. Um, and I'm looking I have forward never, to I have never been to one. I, I, would, I, would, I would love to. I would love to go back to the Bay. I had an off, awesome experience in January. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, you should. I'm it's. It's, it's a weird experience. For people that are unfamiliar with Media Day, it's mostly just the players doing a lot of photo ops, mm-hmm. uh, obviously a lot of interviews. Um, you know, I used to work for in radio, and so I'd, I'd have all these scripts that I'd write for the players, and then they'd read it, right? And then I'd use that audio for all sorts of production for the radio station. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's bizarre. You know, it's a lot of media people checking each other out. The players are just in uniform when they're not playing. Uh, it's fun, but it also feels like work. I don't know how else to describe it, but... Uh, if you make it, I would be excited to meet you in person, Janelle. That would be awesome. You're doing phenomenal work for the San Jose Mercury News. Anything you'd like to promote before we wrap things up? 
No, I, I don't have anything to promote. All, all I can say is that for the rest of this offseason, I'm, I'm down to chat. Anywhere where Dubs basketball is being discussed, you know, I'm just here trying to enjoy the summer and for me, trying to get better as an analyst. I, I, want, I really want to uh, make my part of this beat pop. Love it. I love it. I'm a firm believer that all of us as human beings continue, can continually get better. So I, I respect the ambition there and and the uh, and there's the self-awareness that none of us are, are perfect. We're far from it. We could always self-improve. So uh, best of luck with that. I'm excited to read all of your stuff. Uh, let's have you back on the show soon if that sounds good to you. And um, yeah, I'm always down for that. Absolutely. Awesome. So yeah, we'll we'll do we'll make that again. We'll make that happen again soon. And for the people uh, watching or listening today, just a friendly reminder. Uh, we're officially in the summer schedule now. Um, we're in August, so don't expect shows every day. We'll do two or three of these a week. Uh, you know, just uh, again, until things start ramping up again in about a month and a half, two months with training camp and so forth. Janelle, always a pleasure. You can follow Janelle more on Twitter at Janelle12. Uh, an extra N in there is J-A-N-N-E-L-L-E. -E, and the number 12. What's the number 12 for, by the way? Just out of curiosity. One, one of my jersey numbers and um, one of my favorite TV stations in Winston-Salem, WXII. There you go. Their, their, um, their number is 12, and one of my jersey numbers was 12 also. I love it. I always have an affinity with my jersey numbers as well. I consider those like good luck numbers. I don't know why, but I do. My, my, um, best, my best number not, is not necessarily was 12. It was 33. Ooh, okay. There you go. Three is a beautiful number. <laughs> it is. I like it. It looks like the A's hat. You're all about the Bay Area. Represent. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I was there, when I was out there in January, I mean, San Francisco was great. Uh, the four seasons in one day kind of took me back. But when I went to Oakland, I mean, you know, just I love Jack London Square and, you know, j just that whole vibe. I, I actually went to uh, Aisha's store and oh. that was a vibe. And, you know, just. I, I, if I was out there, I'd probably be living in Oakland. I'm, I'm more. I kind of identify with Oakland more. I hear you. I don't blame you. It's it's changed. It's gentrifying, and it sucks, but it still has a lot of its soul left. And and I, I agree. It's it's a it's a beautiful city. There's no doubt about that. So, we'll talk again soon, Janelle. This was an absolute pleasure. Thanks as always. Hope your summer's going great and continues going great. Uh, kiss your dogs for me. I miss mine every single day. I'm gonna get a new one. I think next year. I think I'm gonna get two of them. You said you have three. No, I have two. I have two. I have okay. a Chihuahua and a Shitzu. And the Shitzu. Chihuahua's name is Gladys. My Shitzu's name is Drusilla, and she she <laughs> need to get her fur did. And uh, my I got a tabby cat named Kobe. Oh, okay, okay. The tabby cat, but they're, they're all they're all friends. They all hang out together. They they all cool. Um, Drusilla. Plays with Kobe. Get glass don't want nothing to do with Kobe. <laughs> I love it. I'm an animal lover, so good stuff. All right, Janelle. And again, you can follow Janelle more on Twitter at Janelle12 with an extra N in there. You can follow me, Cyrus Otzes, on Twitter at DogSurfRocho and this program on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. Tomorrow's show is going to be a crossover with the Locked On Lakers, folks. That'll be an interesting ride. We'll talk about Juan Toscano Anderson and that the franchise that is going to go nowhere. Uh, well, the Warriors, <laughs> the defending world champion Warriors aim for a repeat. Thank you, Janelle. Thank you, everyone. Later.